this was not slain in the spirit. This was cooperating with God. Welcome again, my friends. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. My guest today is the owner of Kirkland Engineering, right here in the beautiful city of Peterborough. He had the joy of being part of the Toronto Blessing at the Toronto Airport Church, and we're going to hear all about that today. Please welcome Ian Kirkland. (laughs) Oh, Todd, this is so good. I'm glad to be here. Hey, welcome. Thanks for coming by, Ian. Appreciate it. How you doing today, buddy? I am good. It's a lovely sunny day and uh, just a just a nice day. Looking forward to spring, though, eh? Come on. Yeah, come on, spring. Well, we like the winter. I like the winter. I like the extremes. I like the cold and the snow and the skiing, and I like the heat and the beach. Wow. I like all what God has to offer us. I like that perspective. Uh Adam Shepsky loves snow, too, a lot. I just want to throw that in there today. <laughs> um, Ian, let's just dive right in, because we were talking upstairs before we got into the studio here, and you just have such a rich, deep story, and uh, we just want to capture some some great moments, man. And so, can you just talk about where you grew up and and uh, a little bit about your salvation? Okay. Um yeah, it's uh, got a lot of years, a lot of stories. Yeah, um, I was uh, born in uh, Montreal and uh, spent the first 10 years uh, of my life in a sort of a port on the St. Lawrence called Satil. And uh, unfortunately, at that time of, uh, our, of our Canadian history, um, it, it, it wasn't really a fun place for English people in Quebec at that time. And so my, my father, I think, wisely decided it was time to... Uh, Move us back to Ontario, and uh, we ended up in Toronto, and that uh, it was it was a good move for us, and I think our family flourished in Toronto. Um, we were all the time attending church. Our parents were very involved. Uh, Mom ran Sunday school. Dad was sort of in you know administration of the church or whatever, and so you know church was always a part of me growing up. We were always the first at church and always sort of last to leave, and uh, so we sort of continued that pattern in our life, which is quite funny. Um, anyway, so we, the, I, I was part of a sort of a province-wide youth group. Uh, it was much more formal back there. You know, the, 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 uh, the youth groups were much larger or whatever, you know, and lots of, lots of events or whatever. So we, uh, it was, that was good. I enjoyed going to them, but you know, I, and, and I understood, I understood, you know, that if you become a Christian, you really got to get your, you know, live the life. You can't just sort of play the game. And so I thought, I'll just put this off. <laughs> I, you know, like I understand, I, you know, this is, this, it was just totally logical, right? As a, uh, I think it was 18 or something, you know, I'll just put this off and uh, I can do this later. So I was at one of those uh, large events for youth in uh, North Toronto. And uh, it was one of these sort of messages from the pastor that's tugging at your heart to make a, make a decision and, and I thought, whoa, I can really feel this pulling on my heartstrings. 
And to me, oh, this is just an emotional thing. So I just grabbed my coat and headed out of the church. <laughs> and uh, here I am. I can clear as day. I'm, I'm walking. There's just a light skiff of snow on the street. There's snow falling. It's, it, it's, uh, it's dark out and it's quiet. I'm just walking some neighborhoods in Toronto. And suddenly I realize that that, what I thought was a feeling, was an essence like a reality that was traveling with me, that was talking to me. And uh, I can't, liquid love, that's the only sort of, that's sort of a crazy concept. And it, it's like, it's like there was a, uh, a throttle on it and it just, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I thought I couldn't, I couldn't resist. And, you know, a real good salvation would be, you know, that you'd say, oh yes, I'm going to give you the rest of my life or whatever. And that wasn't me. I just said, okay, I'll give it a try. <laughs> How's that for wimpy, eh? And suddenly the world went still. And I saw, I thought to myself, oh, Mo, they, what just happened? I'm a Christian. <laughs> it was so real. And uh, it was such a spiritually, I don't know. I couldn't deny what had happened. It was just me out there and I had met him. And it was real. And so going forward, I never doubted, you know, that I had this distinctive salvation uh, event. And uh, so that, you know, that was, it was a powerful time for me. And I just dove right into youth work at that point. So had you, when you were little and you said you were going to youth group and doing all the things with your family, did you not feel like a Christian or did you kind of just feel like this is just what we do as a family? Uh, it's funny. Um, my mom tells a story actually that, uh, she said I could tell Christians because their face glowed. Mm. So, you know, they, there was never a sense that God wasn't real or whatever. Or, the, But as I grew up and, and, and had good theological training, I think, you know, that, that uh, I understand, you know, that's the, because, you, you know, you, you, you have a salvation as a child, basically a covering by your parents. But then you have to stand on your own two feet at one, you know, at some point when you understand what's going on. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's it, it was making that decision, making it real and, uh, making it my own. And it, it was powerful and, uh, never went back, never wondered, never doubted. It's just, and I'm glad it was so, it wasn't one of the, you know, I could never say, oh, it was, it was an emotional thing. And, and, you know, I, I, I can never write this off to someone else's influence on me. It was just me and God on the street. And so it was beautiful. That's, uh, it's, it's carried me. <laughs> Yeah. So after that, uh, you know, the uh, you're on to uh, university. I always wanted to be an engineer, so uh, off to Waterloo and uh, did that. Uh, met the love of my life in my second year, um, and Karen, and we were actually engaged while in university. Uh, church was very much a part of our relationship. Um, I was involved with youth work at that time, even during university. Um, we got married. Um when we both graduated, she was a teacher. I was an engineer. Nineteen eighty. Now, had had Karen had Karen had a tangible experience like yourself, where your belief became became real, or where was where was she at? I, I think she always had a a, a faith. I, I think her 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 faith journey um, would have been. Uh, from her youth and, and always, she never had a point where she was resisting. You see what I mean? So she, she was always 
trying, you know, uh, trying to please or, or feeling that God was very much real in her life. So it's, it's, she didn't have that sort of resist <laughs> and, and come to Jesus thing. It was, uh, she's always had a beautiful, tender heart to, to, uh, to Christ. Yeah. So yeah, we were married, um, both, we, we moved to Peterborough. Um, I thought, you know, everything's set. You know, I was with, working at GE. That's a life job, isn't it? And, uh, and uh, off we went. She was teaching and everything was good. Um, we had been at a United Church thinking that we could sort of bring salvation to it. <laughs> Funny story. They said, we would like you to take over the youth group. Uh, there's just one rule. You can't use the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so no surprise at that point we were uh, we had uh, bought a house uh, north of the town and uh, looked for another church at that point um, we weren't really charismatic at all or interested in it in fact we were sort of um, we would want to stay away from it you know it may sound funny now um, and so we ended up at Baptist Church which was great um, it was totally in line with our beliefs and thinking at the time um, we actually got baptized uh, we were with uh, United and Presbyterian before going to the Baptist Church. Of course, it's you know adult uh, believers' baptism, and so we both got baptized together. That's sort of cool as a husband and wife to get uh, married uh, to be baptized together. We had a child, um, and then we then I got a job offer. Well, things weren't going well at GE. It was a rough economic time, and I was uh, given a sort of an offer I couldn't refuse uh, to go to New Brunswick to uh, to work in a nuclear station, but we, we really felt God's hand on it. I, I said, I think I'm getting marching orders. And uh, so in very short order, we had to move out to the Maritimes. Um, and while I was out there working and she was, and we were trying to transition our household, Karen had had a fall. She fell down some stairs and really injured her back. So we end up in New Brunswick um, and at a big church with our first Sunday there and they had they were building a new large sanctuary beside the big one, and there was a plea from the minister for someone to run their youth group. And Karen and I look around, and there's all these people, and nobody's running a youth group. And suddenly we we realized that's why we're here. And so we uh, there's many many stories, but also we we ended up running a youth group. We'd done it so much, we had the templates of what to do. All these volunteers came. The group it. it uh, got big enough that we had to do a older and younger, uh, broken into two groups. They had all the people they needed. They just needed a template. And so after uh, about a year and a half, we, we, uh, we said goodbye, uh, came back to Peterborough. Now, remember I said Karen had fallen down these stairs. She's, yeah. she's in a year of back pain. Um, she had to travel, you know, driving the car was painful. Um, just carrying a kid was paper. Everything for her back was, it was really, really a rough time. So like your whole time in New Brunswick, she's dealing with this back, these back issues. Yeah. We're, we, you know, we're doing the, uh, the doctor, the chiropractor and, you know, and she's also getting, anyway, it, it's, it's so, you know, it's, it's special donuts to sit on and, 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 uh, you know, foam pads here and there just to, to try and make life a little more comfortable. Um, so we get back, uh, you know, now our, 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 our son's year and a half, he, you know, he's bigger, right? And, and you've, got a, you've got a back injury and it just was not a good thing. And our, our minister at that time, young, young man, um, you know, a little older than us at the time, but he said, well, what about, what about, have you, what about the church pray for you? 
have you looked at James 5? And no. <laughs> so growing up, we always thought, you know, miracles, well, they occur on the mission field. Aren't they neat? And, and we love, you know, everybody loves those stories, you know, the missionary and the, the amazing things that, that happen, you know, on the other, you know, on the other side of the ocean, but they don't happen here. Right. And so we said, okay. Um, he said, I would like to set this up. And essentially James five is, you know, is an invitation in the church for, in the church structure to offer prayer to people in the church, uh, by the, essentially by the leadership. And so he said, well, you know, let's set this up. So after church, um, he gathered the deacons at that time. It was a series of, you know, I don't mean this demeaningly. There was little old ladies <laughs> were our, our leadership. And, uh, and one of them just touched her back in a certain place. And she was, she, she just felt, wow, something happened. And I'm out in the parking lot waiting for her. She comes out and she's, she's got this bewildered look. Well, were, were you not allowed to be in there with her? Or you just, or? Uh, well, I don't think there was any, it's just, I had the child with me. And, oh, you know, oh, yeah, so okay. I was out in the car with, with our, our youngest, and the, and uh, so she came out in this bewildered look, and she goes, I, I think I'm better, you know. So, you know, she had to test it for the next week, and radically better. Wow. And permanently better. So, here we are, like, healing miracle, wow, you know, and uh, so it was, it was a, a wonderful sort of, open door. And then our church actually got more into the, the healing of individuals in the church. And there's lots of testimonies there. So that was, that was fun. So it was really opened it up for us there. Um, that's, a, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was a beautiful thing. And, and I would say, you know, a hinge point in our life. Um, yeah. So, so they, um, I was with an engineering firm. Then we, we decided to open our own firm. Uh, Karen and I, in 89, we opened a, an engineering firm, Kirkland Engineering. Largely, that was driven by, uh, we wanted an ethical, you know, to run an ethical business, right? And uh, just the people I had around me, it, it, they weren't interested in that. So I was pretty much put on my own by that. And, and in the end, it's been a, a wonderful journey, tough, but we... we uh, we got through it, and here we are, you know, over 30 years later, <laughs> you know, and the Lord's blessed us. So it's, it's been really good. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's an amazing miracle story, too, uh, what happened to Karen. And so lead us, lead us into this airport church, because this is something that I was doing completely the opposite right around the corner from when this was happening, and I was completely oblivious to it, so I don't know how many people actually really know what went on, but you hear people all over the world at times refer to the Toronto blessing. So can you tell us what, what that was, how you discovered it and then your experiences there? Um, yeah, we, so we're, we're trucking along, um, you know, our little Baptist church, um, running a business, good network of friends. Things are good. Um, believing in miracles, but not really you know, it, it's, we're not seeing a lot of it, but there was no panic. It's, it's also a time in the church when we were transitioning from formal to formal services to informal, you know, the dress code's coming down, the the music is more worship, the drums are coming in, and there's a lot of tension within churches, right? And a lot of, a lot of leadership is, uh, is sort of, there's a lot of burned out leader, leaders, um, 
just working on their faith and not having a whole bunch to draw from. You know what I mean? So, uh, so we're, we hear, hey, God showed up in Toronto. We got to see this thing. So a, a pastor friend of mine, uh, his wife, my wife, and another pastor, we jump in a minivan and we got to see this thing. Um, what's going on? So this is early in the game. And the at that time, it, it got its name because it was literally at the end of a runway uh, in Toronto in a uh, industrial, you know, an, uh, sort of a strip of industrial units. And they had a, a unit. And we got there and you couldn't hardly park. There were people everywhere. Um, just amazing. We all went in. Um, so there's five of us in our van and we couldn't sit together. We were all broken up. And the, uh, I remember I was on the left side at the front and I thought, wow, this is something's happening here, but I'm like super skeptical as well. Right. I think we all were, we all were, went in like, is this you got like, we're all, that's really what's running in our head. Is this you got? And, uh, I thought, I'm not going for prayer unless you come to me, unless you force me up there. <laughs> and, so, and so they said, they did the sermon, and it was all good and whatever. And then they said, okay, now this set of chairs here, the people in this area here, um, we need to uh, ha- um, remove the chairs where you are, because that's going to be our prayer. Of course, that's where I'm standing, right? Like, all right, that's where I'm sitting. <laughs> so I'm like, like, literally, I said, okay, very funny, Lord. But anyways, um, so they come through and... Um, I don't remember how they were praying for people, but people were just falling down. And uh, I wasn't. Um, you know, I'd feel power, but I, I never felt down. I've never felt down, actually, <laughs> in the many, many, many times I've been prayed for. Anyways, so uh, my friend was watching. He's at the back of the room watching, right? And he said it was like this this forest of trees, and they all fell over except one. And it was you. <laughs> so, so yeah, and I'm just walking around the room trying to, you know, I'm observing, watching, listening, and I'm seeing amazing things. Uh, I'm seeing people symbolically, um, like, take a cup. I remember he had a styrofoam cup, and he just symbolically poured it over somebody. It was empty, right? It's just got air in it. But he symbolically poured it over someone who was not looking as sort of a blessing of the spirit, and this person just just cl- was went went from sort of semi standing to f- fully flat, just with this symbolic pouring of <laughs> an empty styrofoam cup. And they weren't even aware that it was happening. They weren't. They didn't even see that. You know, I'm thinking, okay, this is pretty powerful, right? Wow. And I'm walking around and walking around, and eventually I find my wife on the ground. <laughs> And she says, yeah, she'd never experienced something like that. And, uh, yeah, so we, we, we collected ourselves all together, got in the van late that night and got back. And that became a series of trips with different people, different churches over probably a two year span, attending and, conferences and that sort of thing. And so this was essentially just a church like a, a, a large church with a huge gathering where they would do worship music, preach a sermon, but then at the end it would just be this intense mass praying for people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, eventually they got more formal, right? There's the prayer line and your prayer people will come along and pray for you. Right. And they had catchers and you know, th- things got organized quickly. I mean, one of the first things they did was rent another unit beside them and, and put a remote TV in there to double their size. Wow. But they got, it got, so big, so fast that they actually bought a convention, like a, a convention center, you know, use, you know, they just bought it lock, stock and barrel and just 
turned the whole thing <laughs> into their church, and they could still fill it. It was, you know, they, they would. It was just at, at its peak. It was massive, and who was going? It you, it was really. I call it the gray hairs. The, the people mature in what they were doing or had been in the church a number of years. That they were the people that are most. I, I impacted in a good way. Like they were, they were the ones that this meant something to. Um, churches from around the world were sending their ministry team. Wow. Uh, they'd put them up at a hotel for two weeks and they would come back refreshed. There was, there were two sort of negative outcomes. One, one is people would come in who had like no, like they had a very legalistic Christianity. Could I call that that? You know, rules and regs sort of type thing uh, going on in their head. And they would come and go, this is crazy. I, I'm not, you know, this doesn't make any sense. I'm out of here. Right. Because people would, you know, moan and groan or whatever, as they were impacted, people were shaking. Um, and this, this repulsed some people and others went there. They were just purely burned out Christians and they came back totally healed. But what do you do now? You come back to your church and, this is where it got a little sideways because a lot of these people thought that was so good there. I wanted at my church. And this is where, <laughs> this is where most of the shakedown happened where a lot of churches just said, no, it's not happening in our church or it is happening. And there was all sorts of division and uh, leadership changes and that sort of thing at different, different places. And it was, it was even happening at our church. There was quite a, an influx of people that were, uh, um, I don't know, really enjoyed what was going on at the, at the, uh, at the vineyard or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was so different from what the, uh, originally it was a vineyard church and eventually the, uh, they were asked to, uh, disassociate from the vineyard church because the vineyard church actually wasn't, um, doing this either. Right. Like they, they were doing miracle stuff, but just not on this scale or this thing. So it eventually became, you know, catch the fire or, you know, other, other, uh, other terms, but it's, it's, it's now it's its own entity that stands on its own. But uh, yeah, it's still it's still there, it's still going. Still, uh, you can still go to conferences and church there. It's uh, it's a it's a wonderful place and wonderful history. And so many things have been spawned from it, like the Bethel Church, which is incredibly famous in uh, Redding, California. You've got Heidi Baker and the Irish Ministry, uh, Iris Ministries, yeah, all through Africa. You know, it it a lot of things that spawned just wonderful things. It, it, huge magnitudes larger they 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 attribute it to what happened there and i i i had heard a story once i became familiar with heidi baker and iris global of her going there to preach but of her having an encounter and not being able to walk and actually being carried out of there and then carried back in the next day to preach again and it's interesting what you say about how people go because they want to see and you know there, there's it's interesting i was saying this on a, on a previous episode with another guest of how when people see that almost the first reaction is doubt when you see it and i don't know if it's your heart posture or how open you want to be to what god wants to share with us but it's really interesting that of what you know truth does right it, it either really convicts the heart 
or it agitates. We're there. We're still there today. And I see it dramatically more than ever, uh, especially in, you know, in our latest iterations of what's going on. Um, It's, it's very divisive (laughs) because people want something they can really grasp easily and they want to be able to understand it. And what they do is they actually create a watered down non-gospel and call it the gospel. And uh, and I think it's so wonderful that uh, what you and I have been involved with is really going back to what does the New Testament really say? And are we doing it? And if we return to that, what happens? And that's where you and I met and we've had a a wonderful time because of it. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how you came to get involved in, in Disciple a City and the experiences that you had. You and I have been away together. So let's, uh, let's tackle some of that glory, yeah. brother. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, always, <clears throat> I've always had an interest in things that were well, beyond the doors of the church, I'll call it, because I thought that's where we should be as a church. And so I was always involved with Youth for Christ, um, now called Youth Unlimited, that's, and I'm still involved. Um, and I was involved in getting, uh, you know, Christian radio to our town and, and, uh, helping with the fundraiser there and still, still think it's an important thing to, to have a, something outside the doors of the church, so to speak. And so back in 2016, I think it was Christmas, I had some free time and I just went on YouTube and I don't know what you do with YouTube. I just put in subjects and I, and I put in healing. Now, in my mind, what I was expecting was vi- videos of sort of a stage and sort of the mega preacher, both stuff I'd seen. I, I've, I'd been to miracle services and all this, and I just thought it was fun to, to watch people get healed. But the, the internet was loaded up with all these uh, videos of just individuals, like on the street, talking to individuals on the street, and healings happen. And, you know, like over and over, and it wasn't one guy, there was a whole bunch of people doing this. And I thought, what's this about? I've got to get into this. Um, luckily, one of them um, was also a pastor, and he, he did some teaching uh, videos on it. And it's all this identity in Christ, stuff that's like so plain once you read it in the Bible, but we had not really, we weren't walking in it. We weren't, it wasn't being taught to the extent that it's obvious, and um I mean, that's really a focus of teaching these last few years in the church. I think it's wonderful because it's, it really is what activates the church, right? Otherwise, you know, it's a man's, a man's work. <laughs> so the, the New Testament is full of a pattern that God wants to partner with us. We're not supposed to just do this on our own. And, uh, and, and so getting into the theology of it, and totally agreeing with it. Oh, this is how it works, whatever. So then I started like um, following more of these people on the internet and, and listening to their teaching and watching their videos and essentially setting a, a group of men and women that I thought, you know, they, they know this is this is good. I, I want to learn more. And they, a number of them, sort of a smaller scale bunch, were setting up to have a little conference. And so I thought, I'm going. And I, it was in Wichita, believe it or not. So I got on a plane and that whole, it was like maybe a four day conference. And it was, it turned my life up to, upside down. I, I met some amazing people, uh, Canadians, Americans, um, some I still communicate with and, uh, um, amazing people with giftings. Um, and, and 
good teachings. They actually went out on the street with them. This is the first time I've done street ministry, right? I'm like totally out of my comfort zone. And so what a great place to be. Oh my goodness. It was late. We're in, you know, Wichita where we're, you know, it's not really a, like, it's a rougher area that we're in and the, and, and I, and I see, well, it was a Canadian with, that I was with actually. And he, he just was adamant about just loving on people. And uh, he'd, he, we had some water bottles. He, he was just talking, Hey, any, you, you want a bottle of water or whatever? And, and he would, he would just talk to them and strike a strap. They could read people that are interested in them and then, you know, whether you're real or not. And they would just be blunt with this. And it was just wonderful. And he, I remember this one lady, she was say 60 ish or whatever. And, um, you know, she, she, you could tell, you know, she, she, she was attractive, but you could tell she's had a bit of a rough life, you know, that sort of read. And, uh, so he said, well, you know what, if God could do a miracle, what would it be in your life? And it was, well, you know, I've got this, I used to be a wrestler. <laughs> so you could just imagine, right. And, uh, and, uh, I got thrown and I've always had this chest pain. My, my chest always hurts. He goes, well, let me pray for that. And a real simple prayer. He just prayed. And then her eyes get big and I see her then we're, we're in the parking lot of a sort of a garage or a, a gas station variety uh, store type thing. A lot of that's down there. And I see her just go for this walk and she comes back just bewildered. Mm-hmm. And I have a beautiful um, picture of her just looking into this guy's eyes, just, just that pain that she's carried for years gone. Right. I thought, whoa, I'm hooked. And and then with some other people that were with me, um, just within minutes, right, we're, we're dealing with other people. One guy, I remember he said, well, normally I'd be really drunk, but I couldn't, I didn't get my alcohol today. So I'm, I'm, I'm you know, and he, he was lucid. I, I want to hear more about this. And I'm, I'm with a guy, uh, and he, he, not realizing he's come out of alcoholism, that he could really talk to this fella. And I thought, wow, you know, I didn't know. <laughs> so... He, all to say is I, I saw all sorts of miracles and I got hooked and uh, I got further activated without going into details, but it was just a beautiful time. So I came back to Peterborough thinking, I think I'm like in my little brain, I'm thinking I'm the only guy in Peterborough that knows anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I told somebody and they said, Oh, it's actually, there's people doing exactly what you're doing already in town. No way. So why don't you go and meet with them? So I thought that was my first introduction, right? So I went to one of those uh, outreach nights and uh, street outreach, thinking that I would just sort of share stories and that would be it. And they said, well, why don't you come out with us? And one thing led to another and I just became a regular on the uh, go out. And I I remember going out with you once as well. I probably, you probably won't remember this. It was Jen, you and I, and uh, we're on a, and we came across uh, a young lady and she's sitting there. It's warm out and a, and a guy sitting beside, he's, he's just had fresh tattoos. So he's got a big knife out and he's scraping calluses or, you know, scabs off his tattoos, <laughs> scanning the horizon for police. And, and, <laughs> and this girl beside him, obviously uh, this broken spirit, lovely, pretty girl, but you could see she had been a cutter, you know, self-harm up and down her legs and her arms I remember you just kneeling in front of her and telling her how, how much she is valuable and that, you know, speaking, speaking truth into her. 
And then she looked bewildered and she looked at, she looked back at you and she said, nobody has ever said that to me before in my life. Imagine being like 20 years old and nobody has told you you are valuable, that you have worth. So again, uh, if I wasn't hooked before, I was hooked then. And we've just kept doing it. Mm. uh, It's been a lovely, lovely, uh, super stretching. Like, you know, this is not like your comfort zone. Like this is totally getting out of your comfort zone, but knowing this is where it gets real. And we have seen so many miracles. It's, It's just crazy. Yeah. And so let's, let's talk a little bit and, and for the, for the people listening. So disciple a city. So we, we just want to encourage and equip Christians to share their faith. And so we would have these meetings where we would go out, not necessarily for street evangelism, but to use the street as a training ground to, to show other Christians how, when we go out with a genuine heart, the people are open to hear the gospel. So we had a connection while well, Adam had a connection in Serbia, our friend Kiki, and a bunch of us went there to essentially partner with him to help uh, teach and equip some Christians in Serbia to uh, sharing the gospel and stuff. And so uh, I know I have a lot of memories <laughs> for, of the absolutely phenomenal time we had in Serbia. Share share some of your experiences, Ian, what, what really catapulted you there and moved your heart? Well, first of all, I remember getting the email from Adam about Serbia. I thought, well, that's nice of him to let me know. Like, maybe he wants some money. (laughs) (laughs) Never, never never crossed my mind that he was actually asking me to go. He just, you know, and, uh, you know, so he got back to me, well, are you interested? And I go, you mean you you want me to go? Yes. So that, that was my big shock because up until that point, um, my whole sort of ministry thing was funding people, getting money to people that wanted to go on mission trips, you know, um, our, you know, family members or, you know, people in the church, whatever. It was always like help. But my first mission trip, can you imagine that? At, at, you know, here I am a you know, grown guy and, and this is my first and uh, feeling totally inadequate, absolutely inadequate, right? Uh, just asking myself, why am I going? whatever i'll I'll just do my best right and uh anyway that it's <laughs> but and you kept saying it's going to be amazing it's going to be awesome <laughs> and so i just went with that all right it's going to be awesome i'll just be there i'll just do what i do and but you know really i'm going with a bunch of christian superstars and uh, we'll see what happens so I guess our first, it really was uh, two weeks long, and the first week was in, in a smaller town, and the second week was in a, a larger city. And um, so our, in our first week, um, we were we were all bunked down in one guy's house, and, uh, you know, <laughs> close and in, intimate. It was just a lot of fun. And it was an interesting team because it was our, our focus team from our, our uh, group here. And then there was people from uh, other parts of Canada, USA, Australia, you know, so it was a real collective of fun people. And we just merged so well. It was just wonderful. And so um, one of the, one of the first times we were there, one of the, we we had just a prayer time in his house and, you know, it was a big, big group. So we're sort of perimeter around. And I, I remember just that I was somehow ended up at the doorway to the living room, which was also backed into the kitchen 
And, uh, and I, I had never suddenly got like, God is physically on me. I thought, whoa, this is different in a gentle way, like not throwing me around, nothing, just sort of inviting me, pushing me down to the ground. (laughs) I thought, and I'm, and I know it's him. I can feel the power. There is no, this is like, are you going to cooperate with me? You know, it was one of these things. And I find myself like face down with, to the point my, my nose is depressed. I can feel my, he's got tile floor in the room. Like I can remember this and my, he's, it's actually God controlling my body and my face is to the ground to the point my nose is deformed. I can feel it. And and I'm thinking like, what's this about? It's beautiful because I know it's him. And and what it was, he, he just let me know this. I am his, um, what do you call it? His vessel, his whatever, to intercede, uh, because we were coming against some some something, and uh, he, I guess he needed a volunteer, and I was it. And so, uh, whatever whatever was coming against us, that was the thing he used to to break it off. And uh, so, I, I knew when that was done, that we we would have victory there. Yeah. So, uh, never experienced anything like that before in my life ever. But I I, I knew we had victory as soon as that came through which is amazing the man who stood in a sea of people at the toronto airport church and everybody went down except you Mm -hmm. then has this experience in a in a small house in serbia with a handful of people yeah and and, and normally when people are slain in the spirit you know they fall backwards or, or whatever this was not slain in the spirit this was cooperating with god it was it was a gentle, yet forceful, purposeful. It, and I've never seen anything. Like, I've never seen it happen before Serbia. I had never seen it before. Yeah, so it was, it was beautiful. So uh, yeah, and then Serbia. We we. Uh, I remember one time we were going just as you know a general story. We're cutting through a park. I don't think you were with us. I think you were with Adam somewhere else. We're cutting through a park, and we were. Um, to get to lunch and in the in this park is a cluster of high school students this is where they hung out at lunch and uh and 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 we sort of break into these you know we're going to talk to people right and there were there were a number of them were sort of like in a big group and you remember was it john king chris king chris king chris Chris king King, everyone oh my word he just sort (laughs) of stands in front of them and declares is anyone sick here or anything? I'm going to pray for them and they will be healed. And like all these kids think he's absolutely lost it. Right. And he brought, you know, it was sort of the wise guy leader. He's got a bad headache. So he just, okay, I'm, you know, let's do this. And he, and he, and he's, and he, whoa, I'm, I'm, you know, he, he snapped his fingers and this guy's, he's instantly better. Like, wow, that's great. And then there was a girl you know, at a bad elbow. I've got that one on video. And, uh, you know, again, he prays, snaps a finger and, whoa, you know, and she, she starts clapping for him. Like she is so amazed. And meanwhile, you, you've got, uh, Francisco talking to those three guys, three or four fellas. And, uh, that's a whole story in itself. You know, where you can take, you just meet a set of four or five guys and he took them from just meeting them to dealing with their issues to them all becoming Christians. <laughs> you know, 
20 minutes. It's like, how does that happen? And then we've got uh, a number of us they were off to the side, and there was the one girl with the uh, that had a um, injured ankle, and uh, and uh, oh, um, anyways, one of our team uh, prayed for her, and Tracy prayed prayed for her, and and so she she goes jogging around the thing and comes back, and you know, so like. There were all these little pods of ministry mm. we weren't even planning. We were just cutting through this park, right? So it was just an amazing time. And it, we, of course, we were late for lunch and everything, but we all had a, a good story. And, you know, I, I remember I was even, even, uh, you know, I met a young man, uh, Alain. It's like Alan, but more of a Alain. And he, uh, he just wanted to talk. He was a Christian. He felt sort of awkward at school or whatever. And, uh, we just, you know, and then at that point in time, you know, the who you are in Christ was fresh in my mind. And I realized he was struggling because he didn't have a grasp on it. And so just some quick teaching, some sort of victory, you know, areas where he could have victory if he had the right mindset. And I could see that he was, you know, set to, to move forward in power. It was just wonderful. And again, like we had 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was fun. But, uh, and, and we saw all sorts of wonderful things there. And then, uh, then we moved to the big city. Yeah. Novi Sad. And, uh, again, like the whole issue of healing, right? I, I could literally say like almost everybody I prayed for over there was healed. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how does that work? How does that work? Right. But we, we saw almost universal healing, uh, through any of the things we did, but uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. Wow! And can you uh, just can you share with us how all these different events that have happened in your life, from the Toronto Airport Church and the healing that you experienced with Karen, and the different things that you saw, and then this first ministry trip for you, how has that sort of molded your heart? to how you look at people today when you're now it's been a bunch of years that we've been to Serbia and stuff, but how you look at people today now when you're just in your everyday life. Well, I think this is, it's of course it's, it's, I'm sort of retirement age and I'm thinking the future and I'm thinking I've got to get more into this more in depth. And part of it is I've actually, I'm, I'm doing Bible college <laughs> part time online. And I, you know, I, I see the future for me is, is, uh, getting more involved with church work in, in where it is reaching the street level and, uh, and, and teaching, I think churches, we've, we've gone to a number of churches to help teach at churches and we've seen really good responses there. So I think there, that's, that's what I, my foreseeable future is, is helping, um, especially Christians launch to a better understanding of what, what do they have? You know, let's take them from mediocre to awesome. Let's show them that uh, God wants to partner with them. It's not they don't have to do it on their own. Um, that's the New Testament model. Why don't we step back and that should be our reference point. Let's do it. Bethel Church has this saying: uh, "We owe the world an encounter with God." It's so true. To do that, though, you have to start with an encounter with yourself. Yeah, so it, it's 
let's not be mediocre. Let's go for this thing. Mm. And thanks for sharing those stories. Thanks. Yes. We owe the world an encounter. We do. That's very, that's powerful. Ian, I, I appreciate you coming and sharing some of your stories and some of the earlier stuff I didn't know about after all this time hanging out with you. So thank you for taking the time and coming by today. It's been great. I hope you uh, enjoyed the show today and some of Ian's stories. Some of this might be very foreign to you. Uh, some of the things that we talk about on the show might be really foreign to some of you, but these are experiences that people have happened, and we just want to bring these experiences to you to hear about these encounters that these various people have had. God wants to encounter you in a very powerful way. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>